Good morning to our weekend warriors. Happy Saturday and welcome back to the Messy Masterpiece Podcast with Chad and Tori. We are super thankful to be doing life with you, especially on this Saturday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As always, Saturdays are our super special celebratory, whatever. I forget everything I always say about them. They are the long form podcast. And so we're going to do our devotional and then we're going to move into a topic that uh, for some reason it was on my heart this morning on sharing the gospel. Mm -hmm. I know that that can be taken so many different ways, especially when it comes to like evangelizing people and witnessing to people. There's so many like Christianese words. Mm -hmm. And I think Tori and I just wanted to break down some things that have helped us share and share our our thoughts on it. And then we're going to be continuing that conversation over on Patreon. But other than that, let's jump into the devotional. Perfect. Let's do it. Y'all, today we're reading out of Revelation 21, verses 3 and 4, and it's titled, Heavenly Hope. It says, I heard a loud shout from the throne, saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. The love letter from God says, Beloved child, I am the all-powerful Lord, the holy God who rules all the earth. I am your creator, the one who will rescue you from the world. Never forget how treasured and loved you are. I want your heart to soar as you think about my return. Live with great excitement and dream about the day I will come for you and bring you to your heavenly home. I will come soon, so be ready for me to open your eyes so you will finally see all that you lived for was not wasted and will forever be celebrated in heaven. We will celebrate together for eternity. Love your heavenly father. The reflection says, Jesus is coming to rescue us from this world, and he is preparing a heavenly home for us. In this paradise, there will be no more sickness or death or pain. It's time for us to prepare for our heavenly homecoming when we will finally see him face to face. The treasure of truth says, living happily ever after is a reality for those who know and love the Lord Jesus. Yeah, this actually reminds me of the parable of the bridesmaids mm-hmm. in Matthew. I think it's Matthew 25, the gospel of Matthew, which he's sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope so. If I'm wrong, I, I apologize. But basically, there's these bridesmaids and they're all waiting for the bridegroom to come back. And mm-hmm. they have lamps because they don't know what time the bridegroom's going to arrive. And some of the bridesmaids' lamps run out of oil. Then they ask to borrow other oil from some of the other bridesmaids. And they're like, no, you know, we only have enough for us. We don't have enough for you. So you must run and go grab some. And then, of course, they, they run to go grab some. And then the bridegroom comes back and the door shut. Mm. And so I know it seems kind of scary. It seems kind of intense, but we all need to work out our faith with fear and trembling. I think it says that in Philippians 2.11, I I think. Again, I'm like, I need to look all this up in the Bible, but I find the gospel so interesting and intriguing because it all means the same to every single one of us, Mm -hmm. right? It means that Jesus came down and died for our sins that we may have eternal life in Christ with the Father, yeah. right? It's mm-hmm. like, but it all means something different to us too. Yeah. 
each of the the way the gospel penetrates us differently based mm-hmm. off of our the 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 hardships we've gone through the feelings we've had yeah. whatever whatever the gospel is so vast that it it brings us to the same place in different ways yeah that's so good yeah for me when i was reading the devotional it really just um reminded me to think eternally um and when we are thinking about sharing the gospel we do have this heavenly hope this good news and in a world filled with bad news like this is something that we get to hold on to and look forward to every single day of our life here on earth and this is the best news you guys how could we not share and I know that sometimes uh, we get worked up or we think it could be awkward or uncomfortable we don't know when to bring it up um But it's honestly, I think personally, the most selfish thing we could do is keep it to ourselves. You know, if we had the cure for cancer, it's not like we just would keep it to ourselves and not share. And we have this good news that, you know, Jesus came, he died for our sins, and now we will get to be with the Father and have this eternity in paradise with no pain, no suffering, no tears, like what else could we ask for, you know? And so if we know people who don't have this heavenly hope, how do we go about sharing it? And yeah. that's what we want to dive into today. Yeah, I guess, I guess we're diving in right away. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you guys a quick story about why I'm so passionate about this subject and why I think this conversation is really important. Uh, I was in this small group. It was the best small group ever in Los Angeles it was like six of us guys mm-hmm. and we would each take turns teaching on certain weeks. Yeah. Um, and you know, that changed. Some guys would teach two weeks in a row. Some people were out of town, you know, yeah. but whenever it was my turn, I said, I wanted to teach on, on evangelism. Yeah. And you know, that's a, that's a topic that people find really interesting, but also kind of nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote out like two pages of notes and then I stood up in front of the guys. And by the way, it's like, this was so informal. I could have sat down the whole time, but I stood up. Yeah. And I took my notes very theatrically and I ripped them up. And I said, guys, I was going to teach you about evangelism, but instead we're going to go out and evangelize right now on the street. And then I turned around to walk and then I looked back at them and the looks on their faces, yeah. it, was, it was beautiful. Because it was, there was some some nervousness there, mm-hmm. you know, and and I said, think about what you're feeling right now. This is what I want to unpack with you. Yeah, that nervous feeling you have right now. This is what I want to unpack. Because evangelism doesn't need to be this thing that we're afraid of. Yeah, evangelism, similar to worship, can be the way we walk out and live our life. Right, and so. I guess I just want to um, talk about that for a few seconds because I think that, like, when you look at the gifts um, of this, is it the gifts of the spirit where there's like, you know, teaching prophecy, mm-hmm. evangelism and stuff yep. like that. Yeah. I remember I watched this sermon Tim and Keller. yeah, I was super excited because it was like the, you know, what's your gift? Mm-hmm. And I was watching it. I can't wait to watch. And then now I'm going to know what my gift is. Right. And then I'm going to be able to like actuate that gift in my life. I can yeah. actualize it. And he basically opens up the sermon saying, so if you're, if you're here thinking I'm going to tell you what your gift is, you're wrong because he says he could not live with himself if he, you know, um, told someone that they're an evangelist, or I'm sorry, if he told someone that they're a prophet, for example, then they're at this bar or whatever, then they see an opportunity to evangelize 
and they say no because, well, I'm just a prophet. Mm-hmm. I'm not an evangelist, so I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And so I think it's really important for us to all see evangelism as important. Yeah. And and kind of like what I mentioned earlier in the devotional, how we walk that out mm-hmm. and how we um, share that with people may be unique. Yeah. And that's absolutely. what I find really, really fun mm-hmm. is because it, it can be done in so many different ways. Yeah. And I feel like when we go to evangelize, we do have to pray for a heart of discernment because there are ways that people evangelize that actually turn people away from the gospel. And so we have to also pray for discernment to bring things up in the right time, to live in a way that's not hypocritical. Like there's certain things that have turned people away from the church that's really unfortunate. And so I know something that I always say as well is if someone never opens the Bible, but they look at your life, your life should express the gospel to them. Like they should experience something by watching your life unfold that draws them in to want to know about who this God you serve is. And I know for me, I've walked in so many different seasons of life, so many different circles and with Christians, with non-Christians. And there's been so many different ways that that conversation has unfolded in time. And it's not always me just like shoving the Bible down their throats. It's me loving them and then having intimate conversations with them, getting to know them and seeing that opportunity and sharing my testimony with them. And I feel like every time that there's really been that discernment, that relationship, it's really taken a different, um, I don't know, it's just had a different impact. Yeah, I think for me, um, again, why I'm so passionate about the subject is because with me not really fully being raised a Christian and me not giving giving my life to Christ until I was in my last year of undergrad at college, Mm -hmm. I had a lot of mixed feelings towards Christians specifically and even more specific to Christians who would try to witness to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember the things that turned me off. I yeah. remember the things that upset me. Yeah. I remember the things that maybe just be like, oh, you guys are stupid. You know, I remember <laughs> yeah. those feelings. Yeah. And and for me, I was always like, well, now that I am a believer, I don't want to do those things. Yeah. Because I, I remember how I felt when this person said this and did this. What were some of those things? Well, it, it was it was just, this is going to sound terrible because I'm I don't, I don't want to tell you not to say this. So I'm speaking from my own experience. For those who are listening right now, this is from my own personal experience. And this thing could work. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But whenever something would happen, when people would just say in a condescending tone, Jesus loves you. I didn't know who Jesus was. Yeah. What do you mean Jesus loves me? That Now, now I'm pissed off, right? Like it's like now I'm upset because you it's just like you think you're better than me mindset of Mm -hmm. oh well like okay i'll understand whenever i receive this love of jesus this person who i don't even know who they are and i just i just i really did not like that there was a there's actually several other ways but that was just something that really that really bothered me because it like what does that even mean yeah you know remember not everyone knows who jesus is yeah Whenever it's, it's like, imagine I walk up to you and I say, Hey, Brandon loves you. And you're Mm -hmm. like, who's Brandon? Yeah. Right. And why are you telling me this? And now you're talking about some, one of the deepest things that could impact a person, which is like their, their like, um, religious thought or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, and, and their belief in morality and Mm -hmm. you're, and you're going to open up with a Jesus loves me. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I, okay, thanks. 
yeah. and I walk away. Yeah. And so for me, I wanted to make sure that as I'm approaching people, I think one of the best things we can do as we evangelize is to listen to people yeah. and ask them questions. Totally. Um, I'll open up real quick on something that was that really helped me in this field was whenever I was like super into the modeling industry, I I didn't really realize how much like hate there was for believers, mm-hmm. you know, in Christians. And yeah. um, that really shocked me because then I was nervous to have my belief working in this industry because mm-hmm. it was like, if I tell people I believe this and everything that like everything I am is everything they hate. Yeah. And that really freaked me out. And so I had to find really unique ways to introduce it in the conversations because like you, I believe in the gospel, which is the good news. Mm -hmm. And I want to share the good news with people. And it's like, I'm not just going to keep it underneath a a basket. Right. No, of course I'm going to share it, but it needs to be shared differently. Yeah. Um, And that was something that I really had to find some unique ways to um, unpack that with people. And do you care if I kind of just go through a few and then you can chime in based off of what you're feeling? No, I love it. Um, So before I became a Christian, um, so one of my best friends, his name's Anthony, he was the groomsman in my wedding. He was my friend for several years before he invited me to church. Mm-hmm. And he saw me in such like a down, dark place. He invited me, but he had been super close with me for years. Yeah. And you know that whole quote that people don't know how much you, or people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. That just resounded so deeply with me because mm-hmm. he wasn't this person who's just randomly walking up to me and saying, Jesus loves you. Yeah. He's saying, Hey, I love you, man. And I've been with you for years. And I see you in a dark spot. Yeah. Why don't you come with me? And maybe, maybe you can just learn more about this. Yeah. It was a totally different thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that church service wrecked me right. in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And so do you have anything, you have any feelings on that? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it goes back to kind of what I was saying of building that relationship and having discernment and knowing Anthony now it's, I I'd so trust Anthony's discernment with God and he saw something in you. He created a relationship with you. He cared intimately about you and who you were And then in that moment where he saw you were at your lowest, he said, okay, Lord, is this the opportunity? And Lord said, green light, green light, here it is. And Anthony was like, hey, I I know this, this, this God, you know, like I feel like he could really encourage you in this season and it hit different Mm -hmm. than I just remember for me personally, you know, I've been a believer since I was a kid, but have had different seasons in my life and I was a little bit older at the time and I was actually at a Christian concert and I walk out of this Christian concert. I am like so excited, so jacked, amazing concert, felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I get outside and there are these believers, I guess, um, protesting and asking people on the streets, well, do you even know what this verse is? And like really just like patronizing And I remember just having this like righteous anger and just being so upset with the way they were going about it um, that just really rubbed me the wrong way um, because it was a very hateful way to share good news, you know? And so, and it, it definitely came from a very like judgmental place of if you can't recite this verse, then you're not a real Christian and, and all this stuff. And it just, yeah, it kind of frustrated me. And I think that when you were sharing about when people just came up to you as an unbeliever and they were yeah. like, Jesus loves you. And it just rubbed you the wrong way. There's, there's 
times when people are evangelizing even to believers and it can rub the wrong way. And I think that's why there is discernment. And when the Holy Spirit is truly active, Mm -hmm. then you have that, you know, discernment of knowing when to share and how to share. Yeah, it it really does make me feel like I think we sometimes put too much. um, How do I say this? We we put too much expectancy and hope on like the church, Mm -hmm. like like the church building and the pastor to do all the work. So, hey, just come to church or hey, Jesus loves you. Or it's like it's like that'll do all the work. Yeah. But whenever, you know, we're supposed to, you know, I guess bring people to church. Well, we are the church, right. so we need to bring them into our life. Right. And it looks so Good. much differently than just kind of like having this. Handing, handing them an invite card. Yeah. It's just an yeah. invite card where you don't really know the person. You don't know what they've been through. You don't mm-hmm. know uh, where they are, who they are. And you're inviting them into this church where you, and all the hope is that the pastor will deliver give, a good sermon, deliver a good sermon, and give an altar yeah. call, right? right? But it's like, no, you, you, you are, you need to invite them into your life, mm-hmm. and you need to, you need to ask them to be a part of their life, mm-hmm. and and really show the gospel by the way you love them, right? And um, that's not to say that inviting someone to church and a, an amazing sermon and whatever doesn't work absolutely totally but i yeah. think we're, we're putting all of our hope and expectation on that right and another thing that i i learned in um in like the modeling industry as i had to find unique unique ways to share the gospel was that i started to share my philosophy before my philosopher right yeah. and and by the way all these little phrases I've coined. That's just because I got to this point where I was like, wow, how would I describe this to a friend? Mm-hmm. You know, cause yeah. I was in it for like seven years and yeah. I really love Jesus and I really yeah. wanted to share Jesus. So I had to find unique ways to, you know, to do that. And one thing that I found, if I just mentioned God, then people would kind of, their eyes would kind of glaze over and that doesn't count for everybody. Maybe it's just out here in the West where there's a really negative view of Jesus and God where everything's just kind of bigotry if you are a Christian. But this thing I would do is I would start to dive deep into scripture and to understand, well, why did God say this? Why did God ask this? What is the purpose of this? Right. And then when I played it out in my life and people would ask me these random questions on set, and by the way, you like modeling is not a difficult job. You basically sit there until it's your turn to take 10 pictures and you go back and sit there. So you spend (laughs) a lot of downtime. Yeah. And that's when you're starting to talk with people. Yeah. The hair and makeup person, the stylist, uh, just really anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, other models, photographer, photo assistant, mm-hmm. um, even the client. And I started to share like healthy reasoning for yeah. the decisions I was making and the way I was living, which was yeah. in contrast to the way other people were living. Mm-hmm. And then it got to this point where they would ask, well, why are you doing that? Yeah. And then I would explain why. And they're like, oh, well, where'd you get that from? What what book? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, well, you really want to know? <laughs> the B-I-M-E-L-E. So, yeah. And so I would, <laughs> I, I, I tend to say I share my philosophy before my philosopher. Yeah. Because then whenever I can get people to agree with me that this is sound reason and this is right. a good decision. Right. Then they, the credit goes to the right. giver of that sound reason and decision. And yeah. so that's something that really helped me. There's something that you said to me forever ago. And you said, um, when sharing with someone, if you ask them this question, if you had proof, like absolute proof that everything Jesus ever said was true, would you follow him or not? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I call that my from apologetics to apologies mm, yeah. uh, like style of evangelizing where if you're ever kind of debating or having, um, what's the word? Um, when you're just having discourse with somebody on mm-hmm. the topic of religion, I would ask them, I would ask them this question first just to see where they are. Mm-hmm. I would say, okay, hypothetically speaking, Jesus is real. Mm-hmm. Everything he said is true. Would you follow him? Yeah. And more often than not, people would say no. Right. And that tells me that this person isn't looking for logic. a a a logical defense of Christ. Mm-hmm. They're reacting out of their feelings. Yeah, it's emotional. And so instead of me just breaking down apologetics, I need to break down apologies because in a lot of ways, shapes and forms, this person's been hurt by the church. And whether that's like an a reality that that they were hurt by the church, that's their reality. Mm-hmm. And I start to unpack, well, what is it you believe and why do you believe that? And yeah. well, well, what's underneath that? And mm-hmm. what's underneath that? And you start to see that these are real people with real feelings who feel hurt by the church. And so that's something I would do is to, you know, not just hit people with just facts from the facts machine. Yeah. I would start to hit them with apologies and say, hey, well, I'm sorry that, that that person said that to you. I'm sorry right. that you feel that. I'm sorry you. F- I'm sorry you felt marginalized there. Mm-hmm. I want you to know this is the this is the real Jesus, right. and he didn't say that. Yeah, this is the real Jesus, and he wouldn't treat you that way. Yeah, and people start to um start to see that you know you can't look at Christians for the example of Christianity and Jesus. Yeah. You have to look at Jesus yeah. for that. Yeah, people put so much pressure on. The people in the church and as soon as they're hurt by the church then they take that as they've been hurt by god and you know we're very different like we as a church we're broken because sin is in the world and we're broken people that are in need of a perfect god and so you know leaning on people like they're perfect is an easy way to get hurt yeah, and then the other side of it is is that we as believers can put too much expectation on um, sharing and what we hope the result will be. Yeah, the response. We're actually going to be continuing that conversation over on Patreon. Mm-hmm. So there's a link in the description if you want to check that out. Uh, we're going to be picking this up, but do you want to pray us on out, baby? Yeah, I'd love that. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this good news. We thank you that you have sent your Holy Spirit to live inside of us and give us discernment and clarity of how and when is appropriate to share the gospel with your children. Lord, we want to do it in a way that is encouraging, that is edifying, and that is impactful. Lord, we want to plant the seed and let you water it, Lord. And so, We just thank you that we have this eternal hope that one day we get to meet you face to face and be in your presence without suffering, Lord. What an amazing God you are. We don't deserve it, Lord. So I pray that we hold on to this good news like the treasure that it is and share it with everyone um, that we know in a way that will bring them closer to you, Lord. We're going to open up the floor right now for our listeners to pray. And Chad and I are going to be praying in agreement with them.
Amen, God. Amen, God. Amen, y'all. Thanks for listening on the super special long form Saturday episode. <laughs> episode. 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 Uh, anyways, we love you and we'll be talking to you tomorrow. Talk to y'all tomorrow. Adios. Adios.